What's up, beautiful people? You are now checked in to Purposeful Rehab. I'm your host, Jajara. Purposeful Rehab is for a people that's determined to be restored for a useful purpose. So if that sounds like it's your vibe, make sure you click subscribe. And I look forward to vibing out with you in our next session. What's up, my kings and queens? It's your girl, Jajara, and you are now checked in to another episode of Purposeful Rehab. I am not going to waste your time. We are about to jump right into this episode. This episode, we are talking from the topic insecurity, security, and trust, okay? And this is about to be deep, so make sure that you really prepare your mind. You might want to get you a notepad or your journal, and um, if you're just, you know, listening to this as a self-development podcast, you definitely probably going to want to circle back around because the things that the Lord revealed to me when it came to this episode specifically was just such a deep revelation in this, even for myself. And that's why, honestly, usually I try to drop these episodes by three o'clock on Wednesdays, but that's why it's coming out later today because I really had to sit with this. I really had to, you know, it took me into worship. Like God has really been dealing with me on this topic for honestly multiple weeks and it just got deeper, right? And so before I really jump into the meat of the episode, I want to give you, you know, kind of how God bought this to light for me, um, to share with you guys and to really bring us into the next level of revelation and, um, you know, refinement because those of you who are new, you know, thank you for checking in with us. I pray and hope that this episode adds value to your life. And if it does, please leave a comment, make sure you click subscribe and join our family. If you're returning, thank you again for coming back and listening to an episode. I appreciate it with all of my heart. So um, really what God was uh, showing me um, over the last couple of weeks is so interesting to me, right? So a lot of times we think from a surface level that we're cool, we've dealt with certain things, right? And we really don't understand the revelation of the subconscious mind and understanding how deep that thing is. And when God talks about being double-minded, it's really dealing with that subconscious mind that is truly believing a whole nother thing than what we are saying we actually believe. By the time it gets to our conscious mind, we've probably at that point in our conscious mind try to turn around what we're believing and thinking at our subconscious mind, not actually dealing with the, the seeds of the subconscious mind. And so this episode today is really coming for that subconscious mind. It's really coming for the things that causes us to be double-minded and keeping us from the abundance that the Lord is calling us into in every area of our life. Because he said that I've come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And when you look at that word, abundantly, okay, which <clears throat> I really had to look at that, excuse me, guys, I really had to look at that recently just off of, you know, some revelations and things that God was bringing me into as he is developing my business. Um, and when you look at the word abundant, it literally is defined as a present in great quantity, 
Okay, it's to, I mean, present in great quantity is to present in great quantity. So he's come that you may have life and you may have life more abundantly to be able to have it in um, a great quantity to it also says more than adequate. He's come so that you can have a life that's more than adequate. He's come so that you can have a life that's over effective oversufficient. That's another definition, oversufficient, okay? Oversufficient, more than what you even need, right? So a lot of times we think from a place of only what we need, but God also cares about what you want, right? So he's coming to have, give you life and give you life more abundantly so that you're not just, you're not just only getting what you need, but he's giving you also the desires of your heart when they align with Christ. And so anyway, um, I, I really want to just as this intro, you know, kick it off with us getting ourselves in the mindset of God is taking us to another level for this next season as we're getting ready to cross over into a new year. And um, those of you who are new to Purposeful Rehab, Purposeful Rehab is named that because we want God to rehabilitate our lives for the purpose of Christ so that we can live out his perfect and pleasing will for our life. And so walking with Christ is a constant rehabilitation every single day. We are constantly allowing God to mold us and reform us. And that is why we call this Purposeful Rehab, because every episode, every content that I tr I produce through the grace of God is for the purpose of us being rehabilitated in Christ, okay? And so today, this is definitely going to be doing just that, okay? Um, so the Lord has given me a couple dreams, and this will be the second dream, and I'm just going to specifically share this one um, dream um, that I had last night. Um, and the dream, it was as if I, um, so I had a, a boyfriend, right? And this was a boyfriend that was going to be my husband. I could tell that he was going to be my husband, and we, but we were in the dating stage. So we were in the committed stage of boyfriend and girlfriend. And he had a a girl, was a best friend, a girl best friend. And it wasn't as if she was secret, right? She was there. Like I had a relationship with her and everything. But it was as if the only thing in the dream was my subconscious mind that I was hearing. I didn't hear any conversations. It wasn't any interactions. The only thing playing as the soundtrack of this dream was my thoughts. OK, and this is the second time God has revealed what happens in my thoughts subconsciously. Right. Subconsciously. OK. And it's so interesting to see that from God's perspective of what he's hearing. Right. And what we're like probably looking over. So anyway. So I'm in this dream. You know, I can feel the love I have for this man. Um, and, you know, he's talking with the girl. Right. So he's not even sitting by me. He's talking with the girl or whatever. And we're all like, kind of like chilling. And then like, they have to make a run because I'm I, something, I needed something, whatever the case may be. But the point is subconsciously in my thoughts, I'm thinking from a place of insecurity, right? I'm questioning his integrity of choosing me and being, you know, completely truthful in this relationship as far as this friend girl goes. And so I'm having all these thoughts. I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe this is what now I understand, you know, what girls feel because I've been that friend girl to guys, right? And, um, you know, not crossing any boundaries or anything. I respect people's relationship, but I've had really, really good friends 
really, really good friends that are guy friends. And when they get in relationships, I tend to lose those guy friends. And, you know, I don't like losing friendships in general, even when it has happened with females and they get in a relationship and I lose those friendships. Like I value my relationships. And so, you know, I'm one to, to, to really believe like you get in a relationship should not change, you know, your friendships, but this dream, like, had me over here like, you know what? I think I kind of get it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm over here having all these thoughts. Um, You know, they're they're cool and they're close. And I'm just like, what if there's this, that, and the third? And then I remember thinking, you know, because the way he would, uh, it was like he would respond to me a certain way in the dream where, you know, although he was interacting with her, it was this, this awareness and this consciousness in this it was a certain way he was towards me in the dream mannerisms attentiveness um the way he would look at me you know what I'm saying even if she's talking it's like he's connecting with me and these different things that would basically signal security and so in the dream here I am thinking all these thoughts but then on the other hand I'm having this other battle of like well but he's shown all these ways of securing me and letting me know that his choice is what it is, right? And that, you know, because I'm sitting here questioning here in the dream, you know, oh, right, and I'm I'm being transparent in the dream. I'm exposing, I'm like, you know, well, he could choose this, that, and the third, and, you know, and I'm now trying to rationalize, like, well, he could choose that, but he chooses to have this kind of relationship with me, right? And so, I say all that to say, when I wake up, I'm like, all right, God, what in the world was this dream? Okay. Um, And there was a point in the dream where um, I'm even, I'm driving somewhere and it's like, I'm uh, drive down this street and all of a sudden in the street, there is kind of like these men standing there with guns. And I instantly hear like, hurry up, turn around. Cause these men, they're like trying to like start shooting shooting at anybody who comes that way and so they're in they end up trying to like shoot at me but because I hear this voice that says turn around right out like immediately you need to turn around get off this street and I swerve the car hit a hit a u-turn real quick like I am saved from these bullets and you know as I'm again as I'm reflecting on this entire dream and I'm praying I'm praying to God about it like God what does this mean? You know, what are you trying to tell me? You know, I think of the scripture that says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Right. And so there is multiple things that the Lord was revealing to me. But what for sure he was revealing is the insecurities that come from life and how that can affect the things that the Lord is bringing to you. And that is what I want to share with you guys today is the revelation that the Lord gave me when it came to insecurity, security, and trust. These three proponents that are needed in our life. We are, we need to have security and trust, but yet here we are dealing with insecurities and insecurities come from a place. And so I want to really dive into that. And so Our foundational scripture for this episode is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Y'all know this is like my favorite verse. It is literally the foundational scripture for Glow Unplugged. Um, And Glow Unplugged stands for God, let's operate unplugged. And the vision behind that 
is unplugging from societal norms and, and thought processes and values and all of that and plugging back into the kingdom, which is literally what Romans 12 and 2 is all about. So Romans 12 and 1 and 2 says, um, and I'm going to read the NKJV. Y'all know that's my, my, my jam. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And as I was reading verse one, God brought back to my remembrance that another part of the dream was like there was this random moment of temptation between me and my my I keep saying husband but it it was my boyfriend who I knew was going to be my husband by the spirit in the dream of like us one and a half like one and a half sex with each other and I there was this random moment again all you hear is the thoughts and I'm like there's this you feel the temptation and then I hear the thoughts of like no um, we are not, we're not going to do that. Like we're going to wait till marriage. And basically I feel like we're almost there. Like we are going to see this through. We're going to honor God. And then immediately the temptation fled. Okay. And the dream continued on. And so it just shows that temptation is going to come, but when you resist it, it will flee. The enemy must flee. Okay. So that's another thing. So, um, we know that we are called to present our bodies as a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable to God, which goes into that part right there, right? And renewing of our mind and understanding that commitment to God through and through. But when we talk about being not conformed to this world and being transformed by the renewing of the mind, we don't often get into talking about it from the standpoint of our insecurities, Okay. And that is what the Lord really wanted me to talk about today was understanding that we need to be renewed in our mind from this, from our insecurities. And so one of the questions that the Lord posed was, what is the source of your insecurity? Okay. And a lot of times we don't realize that the source of our insecurities really come from the world's values, norms, and, and, just that whole sphere of influence on our mind. And as I, again, was sitting here talking to God, I began to realize that our insecurities are breeded by the norms and the values of this world, right? For a lot of men, they're taught to, you know, love a bunch of women. And so women by nature end up having an insecurity of men being lovers of women and therefore being cheaters, vice versa. Um, you know, women may be taught to use men for what they need because men are unfaithful. So then by nature, men are then breeding insecurity of a woman having pure intentions of wanting them and not what they can provide, right? And so here we are with all these norms and, and things that come from culture and it's affecting our psyche and we don't even realize that we have these insecurities based on society. 
It's based on the norms and values that society has placed out there. And we've grown up and been taught these things. And we hear these things subconsciously soaking them in and adapting them. And so that's where the revelation of the subconscious mind has really been coming in because the Lord has really been dealing with me when it comes to that. And a lot of times the subconscious mind, right, that's the stuff that nobody hears. That's the thoughts that no, that never even get out, right? The subconscious mind are the thoughts we've already, we've already cycled through and thought about and kind of went down. But subconsciously are those fleeting, those thoughts that come and they're like, boom, boom. And you're really, you're like, I would never share that with somebody, you know, because when we weigh it against what we think people are going to think or what should be good and bad, then consciously we begin to rule things out. But God wants to deal with that subconscious mind because that's where the root of it is. That's where the root of the influence of the world's values and norms are that need to be uprooted. Transforming the conscious mind is essential to us receiving the kingdom gifts that God has for us. And so we really have to think of how the world's views, traditions, and culture has influenced our character, right? Because it also can create a character trait that breeds insecurity in people. So like I gave the example of, right, the man who becomes a lover of women because that's what culture teaches him to love many women, right? Okay, Solomon, right? And you become a lover of many women, you can have whatever you like or, you know, like, um, I can't even think of it, but Lil Wayne's, you know, every, uh, every girl in the world, thank you, Holy Spirit, for just helping me, you know, we're taught these different things. And so here you are as a man, thinking about have, having every girl in the world and you've now produced a character trait of having many women. And then culture tells you you're single, so it's okay. And so here you are as a single man having many women and you've produced this culture, this character trait that breeds insecurity in any woman who meets you or sees you because they see a lifestyle of you entertaining many women. And so then now here comes insecurity of, I don't know if they can be trusted because they entertain so many women, vice versa, because we live in a culture now where women want to try to do what men do and, or be, adapt the same norms that have been put on men because neither of them are good. Again, these aren't kingdom norms. These are worldly norms. And so we have women adopting the worldly norms of dating around and using men, right, for their gain. And so here you have men that are seeing women who are having a a main guy and when he leaves, they go to work and provides and all of that. I just heard this story the other day. That's why I'm using it from a guy. He was telling me, you know, one of the reasons why he don't trust women, right, is seeing, you know, someone, a woman who has a man that provides and does all this good stuff. But then when he's gone doing that, she's cheating. Right. And so now that produces insecurity in this guy of like, oh, if this woman could do this, any of these women could be out here doing this. Cause like, they're just out here trying to get a man to provide, but that's it. They only want 
me for what I can provide for them financially and not for truly who I am. So now you have the enemy playing the cycle of men and women against each other. I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm letting the Holy Spirit lead. Um, breaking up the family household because here the men are thinking that women are only after what they can provide for them financially. So they're like, if they're going to do that, then boom, I'm going to get what I want from women, right? And never commit. And then women are out here like they're never going to commit because they're just going to have a bunch of different women anyway. So I'm just going to get what I can get from them. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to commit. And here this cycle is and people are just becoming more and more hurt and more and more just just broken as as a people. Right. And it's all because of how the world's views of tradition and culture and norms have affected your character. And so you have become, you have had, you've developed character traits, excuse me, you've developed character traits that breed insecurity in people around you, right? Your word can't be trusted. You, you developed character traits that produce insecurity that you can't be trusted that you don't have discipline, that you don't have value in certain things, right? And this can even go to friendship or whatever, any kind of relationship, because the world is built up of relationships, business, partnerships, connecting with other people, clients, relationships, okay? You working on a job, relationships, right? Church, relationships, right? (laughs) Like everything is relationships, no matter how you break it down, it's relationships. And so, of course, of course, the ploy is to pervert and to break up kingdom kind of relationships. And when we pervert that, that's what the world does, right? And so now you have all these different character traits, right? So the world tells you to date many different people. And this is something the Lord has had to, and this has been something he's been dealing with me with for me to help me understand as well. Well, and he's helped me understand this over the last, you know, year because, you know, there's the world standards of dating people, right? And even the church is trying to, you know, adopt this to a degree because it's not quote unquote in the Bible, right? And so there's no blueprint to the T on dating. So we're, adapting the world's view of dating people. And I struggle with that because it seemed like the Lord kept me from dating, right? I would try to get on the apps and, you know, try to put myself out there. All the different things that all the different people would say, even in the Christian community, I'm watching people on TV, all this different stuff. Oh, go to the places you want to meet people. Do this, do that. And God was not allowing me to date. Like I really was not able to date people, still not able to date people, right? And I was bothered by that because here I am with my friends and they're in the world. Um, they're not dedicated. Their, their lives are not dedicated to Christ, but they're able to get on these apps and they're dating people and doing all this stuff and meeting people and getting in relationships and, you know, getting out and still being able to date and meet people and go on dates and experience that. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? <laughs> and through just this, this, what God has been teaching me in this, episode off of this word alone is that dating different people is a worldly norm. It's a worldly norm. If we go off the Bible alone, you don't see them dating different people. And we can say, oh, culture was different. You can try to come up with all this different stuff. I don't care. Take it to the Lord. It's not biblical. 
at every point in the Bible, when God is orchestrating a thing, he presents the thing to you. He doesn't need to present a bunch of different things, right? And some may say, okay, with Adam, okay, he presented all these different the animals. All this. He presented different things. He didn't diff- present different women, right? He presented, uh, he presented the animals. He presented different, like he presented different task and different things for Adam to indulge in. And it wasn't that Adam was like, huh, I don't like this. Like Adam took it, he did it, but God seen. Adam at no point said, uh, I ain't feeling this. I'm unfulfilled. This ain't doing. We never see Adam respond in that way. But what we do see is God seeing in Adam that there is a deeper need that needs to be met, that the that these things I already created cannot provide to Adam. Oh my Lord, Holy Spirit, this is good. And so therefore God being omnipotent, being the creator of all things, knows exactly what you need and how to create it because he's a creator and how to get you it. So here he does, goes, he forms Eve and presents her and is like, yeah, this is what you need, huh? And Adam off top, like, yeah, this is it right here. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Like, God, you did your thing with this right here. You done presented me, listen, this is Eve, this is my wife. Like, come here. Like, it's on and popping. Like, this, this good. Right. And God was like, all right, this is good right here. Like, I got you a help me because I seen what you needed. But what we want to do is we want to fulfill all these areas, these other areas that God has put other for other things, whether it's purpose in tilling, you know, uh, purpose is in business, purpose in ministry, purpose. He may have other things for those spaces. And instead, we're trying to put people in them. So when you look at the word of God, not to go off on a tangent on dating, but when you look at the word of God, we don't see where God has to present a bunch of different people to you. He only has to do it one time. Right. And so when we get into this realm of how the world has presented us to be dating multiple people, right? And somebody want to get all technical. Dating is just getting to know. Listen, there's levels to this, okay? Because God will, God will tell you whether you need to be getting to know somebody or not. Period. Period. Okay. Period. I have, um, I have a specific assignment right now where God is not even allowing me to get to know the person on a deeper level, like between us two. Now I'm getting to know the person through what God reveals to me because my assignment is specific. It's prayer and being a friend, but it's not the kind of friend that I'm used to. God is redefining what a friend is for me in this specific relationship. And so I'm getting to know this person by way of how God sees them only. I can't even, I'm not even able to have deeper conversation with the person like I want to, to really know how they think, what the, you know, who they are, all these different things. God allows me to ask little stuff here and there when I see them, but that's it. That is it. So God will rectify and define the boundaries when you're allowing him to lead your life, even in in relationships when it comes to getting to know people. Because there's levels to this. You don't date everybody. You don't date everybody. Okay? And so when we begin to date a bunch of different people, it can breed insecurity. Not just in other people, but in yourself. Because now you're meeting all these different people that are all these different places of life and you're adapting and you're noticing different things. And then now you generalize it to how people are or a gender of people are. Right. And now you're again, here we are adapting instead of us hiding ourselves in the Lord and the Lord can continue to work out those things that are within us. So when he brings that kingdom good gift, we're not bringing out everything else 
to the table with this good gift. Okay. So that's another area of how the world can influence insecurity in ourselves and other people. A lack of discipline, right? People see lack of discipline. They see that. And that can breed insecurity in a mate, in a friend, in anybody because you lack discipline. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> At any moment, you could pop off. At any moment, you can lose your cool. At any moment, you can go and cheat. At any moment, you can decide that, you know, you don't want to be my friend anymore, right? So like that kind of stuff breeds insecurity, right? And we won't always blame the other person and be like, oh, you have abandonment issues. But no, you have you have discipline issues. You have commitment issues. And those issues, those character flaws within you, breeds insecurity in other people. They may have dealt with their abandonment issues, but because you lack the ability to provide security to people, which is a whole other thing I'm about to get into in just a second, here you are breeding insecurity in those things around you, in your business relationships, in your friendships, in your family relationships, in your romantic relationships, in every relationship, even within yourself, you're breeding insecurity because that's a trait within you. You lack stability. My God, you lack stability. And your stability creates insecurity in other people because you're in, you're unstable. You're unstable. So these are just some ways. And so we really have to ask ourselves, how does insecurity, how those insecurities, how do any of those, you identify what yours are, how do they serve you? And what God helped me to realize is that many of us think that our insecurities serve us as it, it serves us in the way of being a reminder that keeps us, quote unquote, like sober minded in a sense. And, and in other words, it protects us from danger. It protects us from never doing it again, never being boo-boo the fool again, right? Which is just pride, right? Now, I'm not saying that we should be foolish, right? And and be foolish in our ways, not at all. But the fact that we feel we can never be hurt, that no one can ever do us wrong, that no one can ever do something to us that would somehow, quote-unquote, make us look any less than, I don't know, right? Like this thought process that we had, right? Who are we? They spit on Jesus. They called him Beelzebub, like Satan. Like like they did so many things to him. Who are we to think that we are not to ever be looked at in any kind of way? It didn't mean he was a fool though. Oh, he's, he was schooling them left to right. It didn't make him a fool. or, But just because they tried to play him as one, just because they, they, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees tried to catch him up as, a, as one, doesn't mean that he adopted it. It, didn't, it, didn't, it doesn't take away the fact that they still tried it, right? And so... Who are we to be, that's why I say it's prideful, because who are we to think that we will never face these things? No matter how saved we are, no matter what happens, that's humility when someone tries to spit in your face. And I'm not even talking about literally, but it may happen literally. I'm talking about figuratively. Okay? 
when they try to play in your face, it causes for humility because God will handle that. And nine times out of 10, we really connected to Christ. He already showed you beforehand. And if he did it, he's going to teach you something from it while going through it. And he's he, or he's revealing them to you so that you don't get attached to something that's not really for you. Them Judases. Their season is up. They've done what they've come to do. He had a whole Judas in his in his crew. So, like, who are we to think that we will we live above ever dealing with any kind of deceptive spirits or dealing with any kind of, now I'm not saying again that we are just out here willy nilly dealing with all this stuff. But my point is we are going to face things in this life and there are going to be things of this nature that are going to try to come up against us that we're going to interact with. And we're not above it. But when we have these, but what our insecurities tell us and why we hold on to it is it makes us above it. It makes us to never be that that person again. Oh, I ain't gonna never be that fool again. Oh, you ain't gonna never catch me like that again. Oh, ain't nobody gonna ever make me feel like this again. But honestly, God don't, he cares about our feelings, but our feelings are fleeting. He don't really care about all that. He cares about your heart. And I'm not saying he don't care about your feelings. It's just like, it's levels to it though. Like your feelings aren't the be all, end all type of situation. Is my point. Like, I don't want you to ever feel that way again. That's not like, that's not, (laughs) most times that's not what God is doing. Now there are certain areas and certain things that you were never meant to feel. Don't get me wrong. You were never meant to experience those things. But, Dealing with the trials and the hurts and the pains of life, like the the betrayal of people and, you know, all those different things, like you're going to feel that. You're going to deal with that. Even on a level of by people you love that didn't intend to make you feel that way. Like that wasn't their intentions, but somehow you ended up feeling that way because of something they did. You now have to deal with those emotions. And get through them and work through that relationship and have the skills to do so because that wasn't their intention. But because of insecurities, when we hold on to them, automatically we ruin kingdom relationships. We ruin kingdom giftings because we are stuck in this place of my insecurities serve me to protect me. And you have just showed me that you are exactly what my insecurity says. And therefore, I ain't going to be boo-boo the fool again. And God may want to humble you in that space so he can heal you. And so that he can grow that person as well. And grow you. Man, this is good. And so I want to give you even scripture on how these this, this thought process is alive. Us holding on to the former things that happened to us to protect us from, the, from it ever happening in the future. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, New King James Version says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? 
I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Philippians 3, chapter uh, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So what this what these scriptures are showing us is that we are actually so called to forget the former things. And what insecurity wants to do is make us remember the former things. And it's the former things that seep into our new thing. And so we are not able to receive the new thing. So for instance, in this dream, here I am in this new thing. And now I'm having mixed feelings now. I'm double-minded. I can't fully enjoy the love that God is giving me because of the things of the old that is bringing up insecurity that has nothing to do with this situation. Now, if it's something again, that I'm recognizing that could breach something that is being built, that's different. And that's what we're about to get into when it comes to security and our call to provide security in every aspect of, of those around us outside of what God already provides. Right. But we need to understand it's not your fears, AKA your insecurities. Cause that's all that is, is, is fear. It's not those things that keep you protected or sober minded or alert to what people are doing and their intentions and all of this stuff. It's the Holy spirit. It's the Holy Spirit and our constant reliance on the Holy Spirit that keeps us sober-minded, that allows us to see the true intentions of someone's heart, that allows us to be in the present and not in the past, but be in the present and move forward and move forward in diligence and move forward in maturity and move forward in excellence and move forward in growth and move forward in love and move forward in knowledge and understanding and insight that goes beyond this world. It's the Holy Spirit. What we what we need to understand and what I hope we understand ending this episode today when we end it is that security is actually a gift of the kingdom. And when God revealed that to me, I thought that was so beautiful because when you think of it, what God comes to do when he comes into our life is he provides security in every area. He's your provider. He's your friend. He's your comforter. Like he's literally providing security for you in every aspect. That's why he says he gives you life and gives you life more abundantly. When you are oversufficient in all you need and have, you are secure. So when we change our mind and allow God to renew our mind, we begin to understand that security is a birthright by the kingdom. So what happens when security is provided, but you're still feeling insecure or having insecure thoughts. What happens? Well, well what happens is 
we end up with a double-minded, being a double-minded man, unstable in all our ways. Here you are trying to enjoy the kingdom goodness, but subconsciously you are denying that it's even real. You're just waiting for something bad to happen. And what we don't really understand is that security and trust go hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. And so insecurity is just the opposite of trust. So if security and trust go hand in hand, then insecurity and distrust goes hand in hand, right? We have insecurity because there's a distrust in an area. And so we have to ask ourselves, do we distrust ourselves enough to trust God? Do you distrust yourself enough to trust God? Meaning I know I will lead me astray. I know I can't lean onto my own understanding. I don't even have the full scope of everything. I know that if I went on my, if I trusted, if I went on my own, like just trusting myself, like I'm going to make somebody else pay for somebody else's sins. Their, their, their wrong choices and what they did. All men, men that I meet or my man that I meet will be paying for all men's past, all men's sins. Right. Like if I trusted myself. This is what would happen when we trust ourselves. I'm able to trust people to a certain degree. Then the moment they they mess up. Oh, you're done for. As if we're perfect. <laughs> like You're probably going to hurt my feelings at some point. You're probably going to make me mad at some point. You're probably going to, you know. Maybe make me feel some type of way and I have to address that with you because you're human. And we come from different walks of life and God is constantly renewing and rehabilitating us all the days of our life. He's constantly perfecting that with that is in us. And it's not going to be completely perfected until we enter into eternal glory. So our whole entire life we're being perfected. You're never going to meet the perfect version of a person in this life. Unless we're talking about perfection from the biblical standpoint of becoming mature. You'll meet the spiritual maturity version of a person, but they're still never going to be perfect, which means that they're going to always have something that could possibly be an area of growth. And the only way you grow is when something happens that shows you that you need to grow in that area. Right. And so we have the distrust, which is the second question. Do you trust yourself more than God? Like, Do you really trust yourself more than God? And when we lean into our insecurities and let that be our guide instead of the Holy Spirit, we're basically telling the Lord that we trust ourselves more than we trust God. My Lord. We trust our ability to lead ourselves more than we trust God's ability to lead us. And it's just been blowing my mind because it's like I'm realizing how much my past experiences really can't teach me anything. Yet the world teaches you exactly that. To learn from your past experiences. Now, when I'm saying when I'm saying that, I'm saying it in itself without God. Now, I can allow God's revelation of my past experiences to teach me a thing. But a, most times, when you are walking with God, if you really think about it, God doesn't live from the past. He lives from the now. He lives from your future. You rarely hear God talking to you from a sense of you remember that time when you did this, that, and that. Like God don't be doing that. <laughs> He doesn't do that. 
He's already forward thinking and he's already bringing you into a newness constantly. So he don't even have time to worry about the past, which is why the Bible says what we say earlier, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Like it's over. God says when he forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west, like he ain't even thinking about that. So therefore, when we find ourselves harping on it, thinking of it, allowing our experiences from the past to teach us, that is us trusting ourselves and not trusting God. I'm trusting that my experiences from the past can teach me more than what God can teach me in my now. My God. And that's where we have to be renewed and transformed in our mind. Let every experience and promise that the Lord is bringing you into be a new experience. It's not anything of the past. I practice forgetting the former things. And I'm jumping ahead of myself, but we're about to wrap this episode up. I know this one's a little bit longer, but I really want you guys to get this today. Like, I want you to experience all of us, not just you, because it's me too. This is for me too. We have to experience the, the true goodness and purity of what God is bringing us in its truest form. Let's not pervert it with the things of the old. Hallelujah. I think of the, the, the scripture comes to mind right now. Do you put new wine in old wineskins? Come on, Holy Spirit, preach this word. You don't. And although we're in a different culture, we don't know much about it. The Bible basically tells us that when you do something like that, you put new wine in old wineskins. Basically, it ruins it. Like, I think that it even says that basically, like, I think the wine will even end up spilling out. It just does something to it. You need new wine to go in new wine skin, which means I need my new things that God is providing to me that is new to go into the new me, not the old me. The old me comes with the old mind. That's why you forget the former things. That's why God says he renews our mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being renewed allows us to live in the now and get the new wine and uh, and hold that wine and not waste it because we're trying to allow it to go into an old thing that had holes in it. My God, insecurity is nothing but holes. It's like taking your new thing and poking a bunch of holes in it. But what God is promising to you requires you to be in the now because he's doing a new thing. And that new thing can't be measured by an old thing. My God. Because that's passed away. <laughs> that's passed away. It can't even be measured by that. It ain't nothing like that. It ain't, you, you can't, you can't do it. So we have to ask ourselves these questions. Do we distrust ourselves enough to trust God? Do we distrust ourselves enough to trust God or are we trusting ourselves more than God? Are we double-minded when it comes to relationships in general? Every relationship, every interaction with ourselves, with other people, with God. Has your mind been renewed to truly enjoy the benefits of the kingdom? Or are you second-guessing those good things, constantly speaking against them? Constantly saying something bad or negative as a follow-up or thinking it, waiting for that bad thing to happen. So as, as we come into the conclusion of this episode, I want to leave you with five things so that you can do something with this word. 
so you could do something with this word. And, and before I give you those five things, the last thing on security I want to say is that security comes through exposure of the seeds of insecurity or anything that may breach the security. And so what God was teaching me, even with this dream, is that, one, we need to expose those seeds of insecurity to God because he already sees them. And two, we may need to expose them to the person we're in relationship with and let them know that this is something that was going on in our mind and be able to talk that through because we are not called to tear each other down, but build each other up. And this is what I was referring to earlier in the episode where I mentioned that we have a call to be to we have a call on our lives to provide security to those around us outside of what God provides. Right. We're not taking the place of what God provides because there's a level of security that can only come from God because he is who he is. Right. We talked about that already. So there's a security that can only come from God. But then there's a security that comes in our relationship with each other. And we are called and required to provide that. When it talks about not causing each other to stumble, that provides security in a relationship with your walk with God, right? It it, it provides a security there. When you commit to somebody in any form or fashion and they bring something to you that may breed insecurity, right? Like you not fulfilling your word like you said you would. You are responsible for making those corrections so that they can feel secure in that area. Because guess what? God calls you to be a man of your word or a woman of your word. Let your yay be your yay and your no be your no. Like this is biblical stuff. So if they're if they're exposing a part of your character, right, that breeds insecurity, you are required to provide security. Because that's what God calls us into. Everything about him is secure. So if we're going to be more like Christ, we're going to be more secure in not only him, but we provide security just because of who we are. My God, that's so good. Because we're more like Christ. So when you get kingdom relationships, there should be security there. You should feel the security there because it's a kingdom relationship. And it mirrors the father on both ends friendships, whether it's family ships or like I said, romantic, it mirrors the father. So security is there. Cheating isn't an option because guess what? God calls you to be holy, presenting your body as a living sacrifice to abstain from certain things. So they're not going to be out here doing all that because they're following God and they're mirroring God. Security. Now, let's say, for instance, how this dream went of uh, quickly and how God revealed that. Let's say there is a friend there. And you take this insecurity to God of how you feel. And God is like, hey, talk to your husband about it or your wife about it. And so to provide security, that may may create distance between them and that person. Because guess what? At that point, the number one priority is that husband or that wife or that person that you believe to be by the grace of God, your husband or your wife, because now you're building towards that marriage and you have to prepare those boundaries that the enemy cannot infiltrate. Right. And so you're you're preparing a secure space 
You're securing your city. Right? My God. So let me just give you guys these five things and we're going to get up out of here. So number one, allow the Lord to renew your mind. Lean not into your own understanding or experiences. That's like the number one thing. And, you know, that's what we're all about on this podcast. That's what we're all about with Glow Unplugged is allowing God to renew our mind so that we can receive the fullness of what he's given us, which leads us into number two. Allowing God to renew our mind means we have to, number two, practice forgetting the past. It's a constant practice of forgetting the past. The enemy of our future, and and this came to me and I wrote this down, the enemy of our future is getting stuck in the memory of our past. And I thought that was so good when it came to my mind. The enemy of our future is getting stuck in the memory of our past. So good. Number three, become aware of the subconscious mind and bring those thoughts into captivity. So submit these things that are happening subconsciously to the Lord so that he can renew and heal those areas. Don't just try to outthink them or filter them or judge them on your own and say this and that. And sometimes we can do that really quickly because we know when the enemy is speaking to our mind, but subconsciously, sometimes this is your thoughts. These are your thoughts and your insecurities coming through. And it's not the enemy. You have to cause that to come in. The Bible says that we bring every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. And that is what we want to do with our subconscious mind. We want to bring those thoughts into captivity under the obedience of Christ. Let him deal with that. Let him heal you and renew you because it might cause for healing and renewing. Number four is to accept and embrace the new. And I thought that was so good to myself. You'll grow into it and know that with God, there is no such thing as too good to be true. Oh, So good. And we hear that in cultural norms, right? Oh, this is too good to be true. But when you're in kingdom, there's no such thing as good, too good to be true because everything that is good, pure and true comes from the father. So literally that ideology of the world is the opposite of God. And we want to make sure, again, we destroy the world's ideology, which means we are being renewed in our mind. So accept and embrace the new because if it's good and it's pure, and it's true, guess what? It's coming from God because the enemy don't want to give you something that's good, true, and pure, all right? He want to give you something that's good, deceptive, right? (laughs) And like some not really pure, right? It's contaminated, right? God gives us the good, pure, true things. And lastly, number five, trust is faith. So build your faith in God, not in man. Which means that, which includes yourself. If you struggle with trust issues, and we hear this a lot in the body of Christ, which is unfortunate because we should not have trust issues, it means that we lack faith. Literally, trust is faith. To have faith, you have to trust. (laughs) So build your faith in God and don't cop out by saying, I don't trust no man. That's why I only trust God. That's a cop out. Because guess who God uses? Man. Like, so you have to build your faith in God to the point where you can trust man. Right? And what I mean by that is you're trusting God to lead you in trusting man. He leads you in relationship. He connects you in purposeful relationships and situations because your life is for a bigger purpose. We never should get the ultimate goal. And that's what Paul was talking about. He's pressing toward the mark that he may obtain it. 
That is the ultimate goal, eternal life with the father. That is the ultimate goal and the ultimate prize is that which is stored up in heaven that does not moth nor rest. And while we're down here, we're called to do a thing. And guess what? It's going to involve people. So you have to have faith in God, trust in God so that you can trust who he's connecting you to. So you can trust who he's telling you is for you. Husband, wife, friends, business partners, church families, right? Or even if it's a seasonal relationship, because that person may not even be good for you, but he may have you meeting with that person for one purpose and one purpose only because he will do that. So not being on this person, you get caught up in yourself. Trust God. So I trust the connection because I trust God. It may not make no sense to nobody else because this person is completely far left, but I trust God and he said, do it. So build your faith. I hope this was good for you guys. I'm still munching on this thing. This is so good. Insecurity, security, and trust. Play this thing back, share it with somebody, drop some comments. I want to hear from you guys. All right, I'll catch y'all in the next episode. Peace. Hey, beautiful people. Thanks for tuning in. Did you enjoy that episode? Well, you don't want to miss a new one. So make sure that you hit subscribe so you can get notified every time we drop a new episode. And if you're really feeling bold, share this episode with a friend and leave us a comment below. Stay blessed and encouraged. I'll see you in the next episode.